This is the Smooth Operator Podcast. I'm Adam Liette, Director of Operations for a seven-figure online business and eight-year veteran of Army Special Operations. On this show, we get into the tactical nitty-gritty of what it really takes to run a thriving online business because at the end of the day, operators lead the way. Welcome to this show, Smooth Operators. So glad to have you back. As you know, this is our Friday interview and I always bring the goods, don't I? We've had some amazing interviews these last couple of months and we are not stopping. So today we're going to go into leadership and automation and all these amazing things that we know help us run our teams. Because as I've said before, I mean, we have people that we're trying to lead. I mean, this is not about point your finger and make stuff happen and it just magically get, gets done. Leadership is much more than just authoritarianism. It's about inspiring people, motivating people, bringing people along the journey. And when we can learn to really harness our inner leadership, brother, I'm telling you what, it makes such a difference when you have people genuinely following you because they believe in the vision you are casting just makes the whole job so much easier. Stress goes away and we can lead with the inspired vision that I know you all have inside of you. So with that, I have an international bestseller author with me, Michelle Nedelik. Michelle is an expert in entrepreneurialism and the founder of Awareness Strategies. She's run her own series of companies now for over 22 years. Holy cow. 22 years, guys, and for over 15 years has been helping managers and executives to continually double their profits and revenues. I know I got your all's attention there when I started talking about that. So let's bring Michelle on. Michelle, thank you so much for joining Smooth Operator. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Absolutely. Well, the feeling is definitely mutual. So tell us a little bit about your journey and, and how you came to this place of, of leadership in the in the industry. Absolutely. So I founded this company, Awareness Strategies, with my partner in business and pleasure, as we like to say. But it didn't start recently. It went way back. So in about 2003, we started a personal development company and I started t- uh, teaching and training programs and courses. And the concept at that time was to stay local so that people could you know, access us more easily in the local area. And at, to me at that time, it was really important that people had access to me so that it wasn't just, hey, you bought a course, see ya. <laughs> yes. And it was very predominant at that time and kind of, again, is, but I wanted people to be able to access us. So that's when we started doing it. I was speaking all over the world and bringing people into the to our concept which seems kind of bizarre to go internationally and then have people show up locally. Um, but in about 2015, people wanted to be able to access the information from where they were. So they wanted us to go digitally. And we realized really quickly that the way we marketed online and face-to-face wasn't translating well online. So we needed to pivot to some extent to say, you know, this is how to speak from stage or how to run a business or like, what's the end result that people are going to get from doing the training with us. So I was taking a bunch of mastermind courses, things like that to fig- figure this whole online thing out because it had not been established. <laughs> so it's certainly not right. the extent it is right now. And I noticed that a lot of the other speakers that were in those programs with us were having a real hard time with the tech side of things. And 
Brad came up to me and said, you know, I'm kind of sick of the corporate thing. He was doing big contracts for the likes of Halbert and IBM, big IT projects that would last three years, multi-million dollar programs, and he would oversee those. So I said, well, clearly people are having a problem with their tech. So why don't we go into tech done for you? Because he had taken over my tech. I had created what I lovingly call my Frankenware system. And Frank and I had a love-hate relationship, which is one I can't handle this. Can you take him over? So Brad took him over and went, I'm not loving Frank. So uh, Frank's got to go. He found uh, that that time was Infusionsoft, which is now a Keep Max Classic. He fell in love with it. He said, can I use it? I do whatever you want. <laughs> I don't have to touch it. I couldn't care less. So that's what he did. He took over that side of things. Other people needed it. We decided, hey, let's do a pivot and, and do done for you tech so that people didn't have to stress about learning what an acronym meant in order to have a conversation with tech support in order to, it was just easier to work with them. And we partner with our clients, which is a lot of fun too, so that they're not stuck trying to figure out, well, what's best software? Why, why can't we use this one? It's, it's cheaper. It's faster. It does all this. Look what the marketing says. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's why you can't. Uh, so yeah, it's been a ton of fun helping businesses just be able to let the leaders do what they do best, uh, uh, do their jam, and we take over the tech side of things. I love that so much. And for whatever it's worth, like it will always be Infusionsoft to me. Like, <laughs> exactly. They can change their name, but yeah. us OGs. A rose is still a rose, as we say. Yeah, for OGs, name. if you say keep, we're like, what? Which company mm-hmm. is that again? Oh, inf- you mean Infusionsoft. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's such an interesting pivot because you're, I mean, even today, there's a lot of people that are doing that Frankenware, like bolting this and this and this, like what, from your experience working with companies that have done that, like, like what, what things have you, have you noticed that the friction that brings into the business? Oh, it's painful. (laughs) So, I mean, just starting from a, a tech perspective, a lot of companies that have that set up in their systems don't have a tech department for starters. So they don't have the wherewithal to be able to understand why isn't it working right now? Like, and that seems like to be a legitimate question. Like you go into your website, why isn't it working right now? You can go in and you can find that there's updates and things. But when it comes to your overall business system and complaints are coming in and you're not really understanding why the complaints are coming in or what the back end is doing that's that's causing this frustration because it can be anything from what I love to call dirty data and getting the, your, uh, your client's information messed up. So if somebody has six different email addresses and they've unsubscribed from one thing, but then they sign up for something with a, with one of those email addresses, like it creates confusion and mayhem because they're getting emails saying, you know, you can't access your data, even though they just bought it and they're super excited about it. They want to get it, but they can't, they don't know what's going on with it. And it's this whole domino effect of, well, yes, but the systems aren't set up right in the first place. Yes, but our system doesn't do that. Yes, but our systems don't uh, integrate with that. We have to do that manually. Oh, that only gets done by Sally. Sally was off on Thursday and the system went down. So we lost our data for three months. And (laughs) it kind of goes on and like, I can give you the, the, the hell that has been people's uh, business 
because all I want to do is go and run a business, right? If you're a dentist, all you want to go is do and be a dentist. Like <laughs> it's, it's a fun part of your business. It's all I care about is all I want to go and do. If you're a plumber, if you're a speaker, if you whatever it is, going and figuring out why somebody can't access the information that they just paid for, uh, it becomes super stressful because you know we get in shock over something as silly and stupid as a typo on a page, let alone you know they've paid ten grand for their program and they can't access it. <laughs> right. So it's, yeah, it, when it comes to how does it affect your operations, it's everything from your customer service people all the way to your bottom line. For sure. And I think a lot of the operators I've talked to faced with a similar circumstance, like this is a customer service issue. Yeah, exactly. Like, Let's blame I, them. <laughs> I need a customer service person to like, that knows Handle what they're doing. Me. Why don't they know what they're doing? This, you know, this happens all the time. I think we need to fire these people because they don't know what they're doing. And meanwhile, it's not their fault. They're going like, hey, I'm just trying to do the thing and it's not working the way that I think it should. And meanwhile, somebody untagged somebody from the program because they didn't want to be part of the program before. And now they're untagged from the whole system completely because they weren't uh, as a past user of something. Like it's, the problem is that we have basically four different personality types, right? You, you've got your high Ds, high highs, um, if you want to use a disc model. And most business owners are high Ds. They, they want to get stuff done. They're lickety split. They've made a decision before somebody else has even finished the <laughs> sentence. And, you know, they just want things done and then result oriented, which is super important to note. Then you have your customer service, which is typically your eyes, and they're really nice, and they want to have a conversation. They don't want anybody to feel bad about things. And so when they say it didn't work, they go back to tech, and they're like, it didn't work. And tech's tech, being the high Cs, are like, well, what didn't work? Well, what page were they on? Well, what <laughs> they start asking all these questions. They're like, oh, no, it just didn't work. Don't make me think about that. And it really hurts them. And so it's a matter of, and then... Worst part is they usually have somebody who's an high ass running their marketing systems because high asses know how to make things look beautiful. They look gorgeous. We have the most lovely website, but the back end and the tech doesn't work on it and, and, and they're scrambling. So when we can put techs in charge of the tech, ones that usually speak English as a dual language, you really want some bilingual text working there but you also want some monolingual text working back there that know how to just you know create the systems and and do the analysis and all that kind of fun stuff too um because they get to a different level than anybody else can the problem with it is it tends to be this huge black box or the black curtain and it's like the wizard of oz going like nobody knows what's going on in this poor guy's making some work for them and it's, you right. know, it's falling apart yeah i love that you you went into the disc framework, which I love the disc framework. So I, I, te <laughs> I teach it in my program for hiring. Like you need to hire yep. using the disc. And actually Absolutely. two Fridays ago, guys, you can reference back. We had a disc expert on the show, Deanna, because yeah. I've known Deanna for years now. So to have like, I have three people now talking about disc. Yay, social proof. So perfect. Well, and it's, it, it really becomes important when you... Somebody will say, say they start off as a solopreneur. I've got this great idea. I'm going to go do this. I am the chief bottle washer and, you know, gopher hunter and whatever else is required in the business. And then I go, I just want to get this stuff off my plate. So they'll usually go to a VA, 
which is a catch-all for a virtual assistant, which means absolutely nothing. It could be your nephew. It could be <laughs> what does that mean? But usually these poor people are like, I just want to, you know, make your life easier. I want to do things that are repeatable, things that I can get in the habit of doing, things that I can, I know how to eventually go through your email and take away all the junk mail and put it into and sort it and all that kind of fun stuff, which clearly is a S type you know, job description. But then they go, the owner goes, hey, go and learn this software and go and set up our marketing. They're like, kind of, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so not only are they now supposed to know how to communicate with other people and have a high I, they also have to know how to implement it and be that high C and they got to make decisions on it on something that they know nothing about. Like it's cruel and unusual punishment uh, as far as I can see in the industry. And it's, and it's just because people don't know how to delegate and get stuff off their plate initially. Yeah, exactly. Such an interesting topic we could go down the rabbit hole on, but I did have one one particularly pointed question about customer service is always customer facing. We know that. And that's where we want those people. They're great at it, mm-hmm. but we have to get tech the information they need to fix, actually fix it. And, and I don't know about you, Michelle, I don't like leaving things to chance. I like giving people <laughs> like, a roadmap or a form or something where it's because they're in their workflow. They need that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're talking about tech issues, tech is always death by a thousand paper cuts. It's, it's always going to be like little things that add up. What have you seen as a good way of giving our high eye customer service reps, the tools they need to accurately report what they're experiencing with the customers? Awesome. Our first one is always, can you ask them to get a screenshot of whatever's going on and make sure that they include the URL? Because some people get it, take a snapshot of the page and says, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. And I really need to know what the URL is. And sometimes they need to know what a URL is. And sometimes they need to explain to the customer what what a URL is and how do they know that they're capturing that in in their picture. If your audience is less than 30, I mean, it's a moot point. But as soon as you start getting over 60, it's a huge point. They have no idea what a URL is. They have no idea what a text box is. The lingo just doesn't match. It's like, see on the top where there's a little arrow and then a little circle. And then there's a bunch of letters after that. I need those letters. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like pretend you're talking to your grandma and just, you know, okay. This is where we're starting. (laughs) But yeah, if we can get a screenshot of it, usually that kind of breaks it down into whatever's going on. Obviously, it depends on what they're experiencing, but usually that will help because as you know, there are, you know, as soon as somebody starts getting some complexity to their business, they can have website pages. They can have separate landing pages that's on different software. They can have uh, login pages that are on learning platforms. They can, like, there's like eight, pieces of software that you could possibly go into to see why they can't get in, <laughs> let yeah. alone any other issue. So it really becomes important to know, you know, is this in Infusionsoft? Is this a ClickFunnels? Is this a lead page? Is this a, you know, the, the learning management system? Where is it that we're inquiring on this? And, uh, and then it becomes conversation back and forth. Hmm. I love that. And <laughs> funny story. I put myself through college working for Verizon tech support, like oh, old thing. <laughs> this was like DSL days where you'd ask them like unplug the port and they disconnect the phone call. It was funny. 
So I'm very <laughs> accustomed to the, okay, turn off the computer. That's the big box. <laughs> and exactly. once had I once had a gentleman call me and say, hey, uh, my my beer coaster broke. And after some probing, I found out it was his CD-ROM yeah. drive. Right. So, yeah, not a beer yeah. coaster. Not a beer coaster for you. Here's something I'll give you operators that I immediately thought of when Michelle said that was, I love canned responses. I love scripts. We're all using Freshworks or Help Scout. We're all using these ticketing software. Get your tech guys to give input on what that canned response should be. Right. <laughs> so what do they really need to know when that yes. happens? And even if it sounds odd, right? You want your your customer service person to know. If I don't know what that means, how how is the person I'm talking to going to know what it means? So it 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 helps because there's going to be a middleman, right? You're rarely going to put the tech in front of the consumer to try and problem solve what's going on, and you you want yeah. that middle person to at least have the language to be able to have an intelligent conversation, even if they're just translating, right? Like, have you ever learned a new language and you're like, I have no idea what I just said, but they told me to say it, so I said it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it feels when your customer support people are talking to your clients. Oh my goodness, but it helps for sure. Yeah, and keep tech people away from customers, guys. Don't do it. Like. <laughs> Love our tech people, tech people out there throwing things at their computers now. You know who you are. Come on. We can be honest. You know you don't want to talk to the customer anyway. Yeah, you don't want to anyway. Come on. Just like the the customer service person wants nothing to do with Infusionsoft. It's fine. Exactly. We're all in our happy place. Very cool. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, what what you talk a lot of, what you were talking about was like basically moving away from that Franken system, moving into uh, something that's integrated. When we talk about integrated, like I integrate stuff right now with Zapier. Is that what you're talking about? Or is it like more native integration that you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking more native integration. So we we have a love-hate relationship with Zapier. <laughs> I don't mind Everyone saying Everyone does. Everyone <laughs> We does. love you when you work, honey bunny, but when you don't work, <laughs> it's, it's the bane of our existence. So when it comes to data, the best way I can describe this to somebody who has no concept of what's going on is when you have Christmas lights and you have them all plugged into that little one six box and they're all, and it looks like a fire hazard waiting to happen. That's what non-integrated software looks like to a techie when they go and look at your uh, your software systems that aren't connected. It's like, oh, this is not going to work out well. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that. The way you want to have it connected, and the difference between a Zapier thing is plugging it into the wall and having that six box there, and not even going directly into the wall. But what happens with this funky thing called an API is that it's almost like you've fused the plug into the wall <laughs> and nobody can stick a fork in there, no matter how dangerous your children are and really want to pry those out with a knife, you can't. So an API allows you to have integration of your data in, directly into your CRM from a software system. Why this becomes important is because when, when there's a misconnection, misfires, information can go missing, um, which is always fun. You can get wrong kinds of data. So if you have a, a shopping cart and you're collecting the name and email address, and the purchasing amount 
kind of thing. If it doesn't have a direct integration into your CRM, you can end up with, you know, not having a first name, or if they've put in three names and it doesn't fit for the slots that you have in your system, you end up again with this thing called dirty data. So you end up sending emails out to, you know, hello, Smith. <laughs> it's like, yes. no, that's not my name. <laughs> not the way it works. Or, or you get six Smiths and you don't know if it's the same person or not. And, and that when it comes to reconciling your books and when it comes to your customer service delivery, and rec, uh, it just, it's a nightmare for people to be able to look at the data and try and make sense of it. Mm. So yeah, you want, you want what's called an integrated system. So, or a native system, which means that like in Infusionsoft, your CRM is actually, and your email system is the same system. It's one and the same. Yeah. Your affiliate marketing is one and the same. Your back end to those affiliate programs are one and the same. Your ability to be able to create um, links to pages, it's one and the same. So native systems, fabulous, wonderful, and love them. And if you can't get everything you want in one, then you want them connected with this thing called an API. All the texts are like, yeah, yeah, move on. <laughs> All the other ones are like, what? You do what? How? And we avoid custom programming like the plague um, because mm. it's it's expensive to set up. It's hard to maintain. Somebody has to maintain it and somebody who knows code has to maintain it. If somebody comes in that doesn't know the code, they have to figure out the code before they can solve the problem. And a lot of people don't realize that it's not that you go in your programming, you can read it and go, oh yeah, here's the problem. It's not quite that easy. <laughs> it's not like it translating isn't. Homer before you can <laughs> explain the problem. Yeah, we, we had a script that was written for us to connect like PayPal subscriptions to Infusionsoft. Mm -hmm. And when it worked, it was great. When it didn't, <laughs> it was not. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why PayPal hasn't figured that one out yet and just had the integrated system. I mean, I'm not a fan of PayPal either just because I read their actual contract and it's like, yeah, we can take money out of your bank account whenever you want. Yeah. <laughs> that line. I, I, I personally avoid PayPal now in my personal business for part of that reason. But you can have a complete, you can have all your ducks in a row on a fraud request when someone reports you and it's like, this is legit. See all this stuff. And they're so they're you're never gonna win. No, it's insane. No, it's like I don't even I stopped bothering putting them together because I never won. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the fun part too, and from a leadership role is you really want to work with somebody that doesn't just do the tactics of what you're asking them to do. You want somebody mm -hmm. that understands the the strategy, the concepts of what it is that you're doing. Because if you say, you know, just set this up with PayPal, and if you have somebody that's tactical, they'll just do it. And it's like, yeah, okay. But now you've created an issue that you don't even understand what the issue is. And the same mm. thing can happen with things like your merchant account, with your Stripe accounts or your um, Square accounts. Those are fundamentally completely different than merchant accounts where you have to apply and you have to qualify and you have to talk to somebody to explain how your business works and why you have a $100,000 influx one weekend and zero revenue for three months. <laughs> it's like, right. Uh, that looks easy. <laughs> you know, right. Whereas Square and, and Stripe will shut you down. Uh, if somebody understands your business model, they'll just go, oh, okay. So you had a live event that week and you sold a hundred grand. Awesome. Congratulations. I think that's especially true for anyone out there listening that has high ticket, especially if you're doing launch models. Because <laughs> yes. I have a friend, they launch once a year 
and they'll do 10 million in a weekend. Yeah. But that's it. That's their revenue for the next 52 weeks. Which screams fraudulent. And if they get shut down and they hold, you know, 6 million in the <laughs> really hard yeah. to operate without a little cash flow. Yeah, just a little bit. Cash flow yeah. matters. It does. <laughs> but I love it because it, it definitely puts a different spin on what we're looking for when we're looking for tech solutions. I, I think so often the first, you know, I'm a very I'm a I'm that high D, get it done guy. You know, first place I look for is does it do the things I want it to do? Right. But maybe I should flip my screening process and go for the integrations first. I think it's where you're leading to. So there's this funky software that will take your data from your social media and put it into your CRM and identify who's who and what's what. The problem with most of them is that they don't actually integrate. They say they work together with them, but they don't really integrate. <laughs> so you, it, it doesn't give you the clean data that you need to be able to go, well, did they actually come from Facebook? Because Facebook loves telling you that everybody came from there. And you need to have the ability to be able to verify that and go, okay, well, were they actually on another website and they clicked on the Facebook link and then they went to, and then they went to, it's um, because if you don't have clean data on that, you're making huge financial decisions that impact your bottom line. And you go, wow, we're wasting all of this money on SEO. Let's just move it over to Facebook because they're sending us all this traffic. And it's like, and then when you do that, all of your traffic stops and you're like, well, what the hell happened? Like, where did that go? (laughs) And how? And the only way you would know that is because of the analysis previous that the data actually, or that the leads weren't actually coming from Facebook originally, that they were going, you know, coming from somewhere else and then going to Facebook. So hmm. it, it's okay. it's stuff like that that you really want to. What somebody says in their marketing isn't really what happens in the back end if you don't know what questions to ask. So yes, you're absolutely right. It should be a question of integration first and then a question of application because most of them will say, yeah, oh yeah, we do the applications, but they don't really integrate. So it's, it's just a faster way to be able to do some market research, um, yeah. not having to sift through everything to get the answer you want. Just go straight for the jugular and go, yeah, but do you do this? I think most of them, when they say they integrate, meaning, yeah, we integrate through Zapier. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> manually. If, if you do it manually, it'll integrate. That's yeah. not integration. <laughs> and it's, then it's prone to one other system breaking down, which if it's a system, it will break down at some point. That's just, Outlet. reality right yeah oh my gosh now i'm questioning tech decisions michelle this is this is a, <laughs> God, yay. This, this is a great way to end my week happy times here awesome <laughs> you know me stewing over it all weekend going oh i can't believe this now now what am i gonna do ah, that problem hits on monday morning and you're like that's it it's because of the integration <laughs> Which is terrible because I'm going to the woods all weekend long. I'm going to be without a computer. So I can't even check the things I'm going to think of. And I'm going to be alone with nothing but my own thoughts. This is going to be crazy. Paper and pen, they still work. (laughs) Yes, they do. (laughs) Oh, for goodness sakes. I love it. Well, now we have another leadership thing to do, guys. It's get down to the root of it. Find out those 
what do they mean by integration? Like, and, and I know Michelle on her website, which I'll share in the show notes, like they have some recommended software that they've battle tested, they've proven, and you know, it, it does come down to the, the solutions that we're using. And there are some great all-in-ones. Uh, I know most of you out there are course creators. There are a couple really good all-in-one course creating programs. And I don't want to give myself another bad weekend by asking about those particular programs to find out they're not as good as I thought they were. But let's just stick with that for now. Um, for someone that is leading this team, like I, I know you do a lot of work with leadership and like really inspiring leaders to to move up to that level. Like, like what what kind of work and what kind of things have you done to to help leaders develop themselves? Well, to me, the whole concept of leadership is really understanding who you are and what you bring to the table. And without ego, being able to share that with people when they need it in a way that allows them to grow. So mm. way back in the day when I had a J-O-B, um, it was very much the, you do what I say when I say how to say, how I say it. And, and I think it bred a lot of entrepreneurs because we're looking at them like, wow, if he can run a company, I can run a company. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, it can't be that hard. So then we go out and start companies and then we try and get stuff off our place. And we're like, Hey, can you do this? And they're like, no. Oh, okay. Well, I'll do it myself then. It's easier and faster if I just do it myself then. And then there was a lot of that going on. And that led into a whole, like this whole series of misaligned entrepreneurial opportunities. And I think when mm. we're looking at leadership today, if we say, okay, I'm coming to the table, I want my team to be as, as great as they can. So there's two ways essentially to have a team. And one is that you hire the best of the best and you let them go do their thing, which a lot of people would love to do, um, but they don't have the wherewithal to kind of understand that I'm going to have to put some money into this first and then it's going to pay off because they know what they're doing and I can just let them run and, and they're good at it. Some people will go, oh, okay, I'm going to bring on this team and I'm going to train them how to do. Well, then you need to have time. <laughs> See, the time or money, it's always time or money. And you yeah. have to be able to train these people to be able to have that solid foundation, but then you need to let them go at some point and, and start letting them answer their own questions in front of you so that you can kind of supervise that thought-making process because not everybody thinks the same way, going back to the whole disc and how did you come to that conclusion and where you're looking for your data and you start to see the patterns of how people make the decision in their day so that you know that they're um, putting it together in a way that you want to so that they're maintaining your corporate culture and that they're delivering in the end what it is that you're looking for. So it really mm -hmm. comes down to, in my opinion, a lot of self-identification uh, a lot of mindset work with an owner as they're progressing through their business in order to, you know, bring on those first few people and then to delegate and then to oversee and then <laughs> to be able to step away. And each one of yeah. those comes with its own challenges and opportunities. I, I've personally found that's all amazing, by the way. It's, I love it. I personally found where I've struggled the most, and I've probably got like a bunch of people out there nodding their heads, right? When I say this, it's the letting go part. We don't want to let go of our babies because it's our baby. And we're so used to, you know, I finally got it down to where my customers don't yell at me because I've been doing things wrong. So I have to make sure that nobody yells at me anymore and I can't do anything wrong. We can't have typos. And it's like, yeah, actually you can, you're, you're, you're going to live. And 
how do you do that in a way that makes sense so that you're not dropping things on somebody else's plate and they're they're giving you're giving them too much uh it's being able to kind of understand kind of what they're capable of where they're at in in the learning process of figuring out how your company works and kind of continually going hey are you comfortable do you got enough can i feed you more <laughs> where are we at in our in our relationship here because mm-hmm. as they get used to things and as they learn things some things are just going to get done lickety split and then they're going to get really bored if they don't have a few other things in their plate but not too much so and that to me is always up to the leader to identify not the employee because employees oh, yes. will never tell you the truth of what's going on because they don't Usually they don't have the wherewithal to understand um, that they really should be, again, going back to the culture of the company, but that they should be focusing on the things that they're good at, that they like, and that they love to do. And it's okay to tell the boss, hey, you know, this project you got me working on, I'm not getting it. Like, I don't really understand what's going on with it. I'm not able to wrap my brain around it. I'm not getting the solutions I think I should. Is it because I don't know what I'm doing or is it because I'm just not meant for this kind of a role? For example... Uh, when we transitioned into working from, uh, we had a, a million dollar client uh, contract with a company. And I said, after we were done that, I'm like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> so we went back to the small uh, entrepreneurs and we're working with them who are a lot more fun. But I made the dumb mistake of putting myself in, in project management. So I would talk to the clients, figure out what they want, strategize with them, which is all awesome. And then I'd bring it back to the team and go, okay, here's what we're doing. And Go make it happen. And they're all looking at me like, well, is that a web page? Is that a webinar? <laughs> what are we talking about? Like, I don't get it. And I quickly realized that the attention to detail side of things <laughs> is not my forte, not at all, not in any way, shape, or form. I'm like, okay, I will help you write the SOPs for this, but we got to get project managers talking to the clients because, like, I will help them strategize. I'll give you the recording. Okay, now you got to ask me, you know, what else you need after that. So yeah, I was losing my mind, I'd say quickly, actually. Uh, <laughs> I have fired myself very quickly. She was very incompetent at that job. And it was okay. We left on good terms. So, you know, she's still doing sales and stuff like that. She likes it. <laughs> Seems, I mean, it was it was good to retain her. I like it. You know, good yeah. decision, Michelle. You know, Thanks. Michelle's, Michelle's so cool. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I've heard that phrase now like five times in the last week, like firing myself. And (laughs) it's real. (laughs) People talk about like that whole process of bringing someone on. And like, I feel spoiled because I'm an army guy. I've been training people for years. I'm also a teacher. So I've been teaching people for years. So I've talked about this stuff, but I am always interested to hear other people's perspectives. Like it it is not innate to us. It's not exactly. So like, let's say Joe, not Michelle, is out there listening and wants to do, wants to fire himself. Like, how does he actually train someone up? Like, what, what have you found to work well? Well, it, it really came down to, okay, what part of this am I clearly dropping the ball on? What am I failing at? And it was clearly that decisive part between, okay, we have a plan, we have a strategy, but now it's, okay, we need to know which website this goes on. We need to know which pages. Is this a landing page? Is this an information page or an educational page? Which, unless you understand marketing, it's like, well, what's the difference? 
Well, an educational page is a page that somebody comes upon and they go, oh, I need some information on this thing. A landing page is somewhere you send people to and you want them to make one decision and one decision only. And the decision is, do I buy or do I not buy? Period, end of story. Whereas in an educational page, you can tell all about your products and services and you can link to you know, Bloomberg articles. You can link to the definition of that word. They're just going through trying to figure out what the heck it is you're talking about. And in some cases that becomes super important, like lawyers. <laughs> lawyers oftentimes will need an educational page to explain to somebody what the ins and outs of uh, you know, working with them are over a divorce case, maybe. You're not necessarily going to send them to a landing page going, hurry up, get your divorce. <laughs> do you want it or not? But what you will do is send them to maybe an opt-in on, you know, five things you need to know before you hire your divorce lawyer, right? And then it's an in and out, it's, you know, opt-in for it or don't opt-in for it. It's kind of a lame example, but it's when we're translating that to the team, again, you need to know what kind of information they need, which is where these kind of SOP things come into place that become uh, a living organism, if you will. Once upon a time, we used to have SOPs that were like, you get the binder, right? Hey, welcome to the company. Here's your four-inch binder. Go and memorize everything that's in here. And it tells you how to, you know, accept a, a visa card. And it's like, put their name in, put their last name in, but <laughs> you don't need to be that itemized. I just it's like, here's your four-inch binder. Go ahead and don't read this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can go and use that as a prop for your kid to sit up in the car. It's awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. Don't do that. And, and videos can be useful. So if you're doing something and you record the video so that they can watch it later and, and they can watch it at six speed, that's awesome. Because <laughs> the difference between learning how to do something and watching somebody else do it is can be painful. Um, but really just an outline of these are the steps. This is what we want you to do. This is how you get it done so that nothing kind of gets uh, overlooked. And mm -hmm. oftentimes when you're delegating the work to somebody, I would set up a structure of this is what I've got. What do you need? And then they'd add their stuff. I'd come back. Does it make sense to me? Yep. Okay. So these kind of SOPs go back and forth for a little bit until we understand what the function of them is. And then we store them on our project management system so that, you know, anybody that's new can come in and they can see those based on the categories. Mm. I love that idea of it. It's not the one-way conversation that so many... When, when we envision delegating, it's like, here, it's delegated. There you go. But it's like this continual back and forth, right? It is a, like I say, guys, it's a process. You have to do that back and forth. So is there a number of, I, I advocate a certain number of meetings, like regular meetings with a new employee. Is there anything that you found to be particularly successful when someone's first coming onto the job? Yeah, we... We tend to do um, trial by fire. <laughs> so it's uh, like, hey, here's the thing. Go and do that. Um, and we explain to them, like, I don't expect you to know anything of how to do this. Our employees, when we bring them on, they have a skill set and an attitude. They don't have uh, necessarily aptitude. or They have aptitude, sorry. They have aptitude and attitude. They don't necessarily have the skill set to do the job. So we will train them on how to do the thing the way we want them to do the thing, uh, which just mm -hmm. tends to be easier for us than hiring somebody that knows how to do everything, but then they do it their way and they ignore the SOPs. So we start with them and, and we put them through a training of you get to work with our smaller clients that are usually 
really flexible. They're really understanding. They're trying to figure out their stuff too. They're not high demand and they're not paying a whole lot for it. So they get that, you know, it's, there's a little bit of conversation there and a little bit of leeway. And then as they are with the company for longer and longer, they get the bigger clients with the more immediate problems like, Hey, we need this done yesterday. Right. And, and by that time they have the aptitude to be able to do that. Uh, we also triage our clients, which most companies don't do. Meaning if somebody needs things done now, it's all hands on deck, get that done and do it so that the client's getting things done right. And all the other stuff that needs to be done, you know, by a Friday, we'll get it done by Friday. And that's all awesome. Most companies don't work that way, but we do because our clients are with us for years on end. And right. we just want to make sure that thing gets done and it'll all work out in the wash, which Again, most companies don't work that way. So we're a little different in that. But we also work on, you know, are you enjoying your job? What are you doing? You know, this assignment, we need somebody to do this. Anybody want to take this on? And right. it's free for all. And we totally get, you may or may not understand it. And that's totally cool. Hey, we found a new software the client has. Nobody knows how to use it. Who wants to specialize in this stuff? And somebody will raise their hand. We're like, hey, great. <laughs> Let's go for it. Right. And then there becomes this, so they could be a veteran. And they're still going to go back and forth with Brad and going, it, it's like they're starting all over again, going, okay, I looked at this. I found that. What about this? What about that? And they're constantly Zoom. So to answer your question, the whole onboarding of newbies tends to be trial by fire. Here, go do this thing and come back to me. We have weekly team, uh, weekly team meetings every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday where the whole team gets together. And we're in constant communication with each other uh, via WhatsApp and uh, Facebook mess Messenger because our team is uh, diversified, we're all over the place. And so it's, you get a hold of who you need to and, and there's constantly this kind of uh, integration of communication. We don't have like a traditional org chart. Everybody looks right. like they're mushed. <laughs> it's, it's more of a quilt than an org chart. <laughs> it's the org chart to make my skin go. I like my nice organized one, but it's still messy, but it looks same. It, it, it actually, yeah. For anyone that has an org chart that looks neat, let's be honest, it's messy. <laughs> the reality Information doesn't actually flow that way. It's all over the place. So we can forgive ourselves for that, I think. So even though you guys are remote, geographically dispersed, you're still coming together in those triage moments. Is it like do you have t office hours or how, how are you able to coordinate uh, everyone like that? Yeah. So we operate on our uh, time zone. <laughs> so everybody works at a nine to five mountain, uh, but understanding that we have some clients that are Pacific and some clients that are in Eastern and some clients that are European. So it's being able to, um, because but with that, we understand that not everybody's going to have kind of the problems aren't going to be between nine and five. That, that's the fun part of tech. Tech is awesome until it doesn't work and then it's hell. Um, so sometimes you just got to jump in and get stuff done. And a lot of our guys, because they're techies, right? They're also gamers and they're also, so we go, I don't really care. I want you available to us. So they're monitoring the conversations with the clients and with the team between those hours. But if they want to get stuff done at midnight our time, I couldn't care less. If I want to do it at three in the morning, go ahead, do it at three in the morning. Like when it gets done, I couldn't care less as long as it's done by the deadline. Mm -hmm. So in that respect, they have the flexibility. So some of them may even have another job 
but as long as they have, they're monitoring the, the WhatsApp and their other job knows that they're going to be doing that, we're totally cool with that. We couldn't care less. It's just being able to kind of get the things done when they need to. And there's multiple people on each thread. So somebody catches things and then uh, we can harass people when they're, when they've overlooked something. That's kind of fun at team meetings, actually. <laughs> so you know that thing that you totally overlooked? Yeah, we got that done for you. It's all good. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's a little bit of free uh, harassment. <laughs> yeah, and becoming a client or an employee of ours. I found those moments, though, just in my leadership of the team to be where I formed the biggest connections, though, with people. They saw like... Oh, he's not a robot. What? <laughs> <laughs> I can show emotions and just genuine human stuff. It's really cool, guys. I love it. Right. Well, I mean, particularly have fun because we're a diverse team. People have different accents and they pronounce things differently. And and when they mess something up and we're like, the what? <laughs> and then it becomes the ongoing joke from there. Oh, yeah, you know that. And it's never you know, PG 13 appropriate to say it public. Uh, so I won't mention what we're doing, but it is just quite hilarious that it becomes an internal joke and we, we tease each other. We have fun with it. It's like marketing is not a matter of life and death people. It's not, yes. nobody no. dies because they didn't get access immediately when they wanted it. It doesn't work that way. I get it. It's inconvenient, it's stressful, but it's, you know, not a matter of life and death. So it, to me, the biggest thing is it's up to us as the leadership to be able to translate that. Do I ever get ticked off that stuff didn't happen? And it's like, okay, we all know these are the five things that have to happen every time. Okay, we'll figure it out. It's all good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then we go home and figure the thing out and then we have fun. And yeah. And, and, and people need to realize that we are human, right? Computers do things automatically over and over again, exactly the same way, hopefully, all the time. And that's great. People, on the other hand, are fabulously creative, spontaneous, or screw-ups. We Stuff comes out of the mouth that we're like, oh, hey, did that just come out of my mouth? <laughs> Everybody does it. So we want the humanity in the office, and we want to bring the automation into the business. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a different kind of way of looking at things. I think that's the title for this episode. Humanity in the office, automation in the business. I love that. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> Man, I couldn't say that better myself. It can. Yeah. I like that too. <laughs> it's like, hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? We never know what's coming out of here. I love it. It reminds me of we we would have these team meetings and we had one gentleman whose kids were homeschooled and he would never wear headphones on calls. And then we hired a guy from Ireland who just F this, F that, F this. <laughs> well, that'll and, get you some headsets real quick. <laughs> and I told the Irish guy, I'm like, I'm like, Hey dude, you really can't cuss that much on team calls. He's like, and he Not said, much. what the F, are, what the F are you talking about? And I was like, yeah, that. <laughs> and he, Oh dude, I can't, I'm Irish, man. I can't help it. And I'm like, huh? yeah, hey, dude, you got to put, you got to put, you got to put on headphones. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, he's going to say it. <laughs> you know what he's going to do. Like, exactly. He's uh, a really yeah, good, got... he's a really good copywriter and he doesn't curse in his copy. So <laughs> yeah, he can edit those out afterwards. Even if he did. Yes. Oh, we had a uh, one gal was hilarious. So she speaks um, Serbian as first language and her kids are like five and seven and they swear in English. <laughs> <Just hilarious. laughs> 
So every once in a while I go, are you speaking English? She goes, yeah, they're swearing in English. It's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. That's hilarious. Because <laughs> usually I couldn't hear them because they're like, but, 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 but. but all of a sudden it was like, you, it, you could hear them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I got that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's oh, so tremendous. Yeah. Oh, it's been so much fun, Michelle. I could talk all day with you. I just, oh, this is definitely a, a nice back and forth. And you just have such a personality. I think like we just connect in a real cool way. So I want to stay in touch. But before we, before we wrap things up, one thing I love, you all know it. I love reading. And so what books would you recommend for someone wanting to up their leadership skills, up their tech skills? And if there's anything that matches both of those, it's extra special. Ooh, that's a good question. I'm not certain of that. However, what I do know is um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill is the Bible of business. If you haven't read that, you have to read that one. Um, on, on leadership, I think it's most important to understand kind of what's going on for you. Uh, one of the ones that I found particularly useful, not in the exactness of it, he tends to be a little religious for me, but is um, things, what you say to yourself by... Um, Shad, oh, description whatever. <laughs> You'll find it. Um, yeah, I believe his first name is S H A D. But it becomes important to understand how you're coming across with people, not because you have expectations, but just because if you can't live with the conversation going on in your head, how are they supposed to deal with it? Right. So get rid mm. of the crap that's in your head that you don't like, and and then it becomes less likely that it's going to come out and fall onto somebody else's shoulders. And really, um, I have a cute little uh my little thing on my monitor little arrow that points at people when i'm in zoom and it says protect the bunnies <laughs> it's basically i get it they screwed up it's my responsibility as a business owner don't kill the bunnies <laughs> protect them and then you know we'll figure out the problems later protect the bunnies <laughs> Because you get so used to your team and you're like, what the hell are you thinking? Right. And then they feel bad because, you know, who's harder on themselves? Everybody's always hardest on themselves. They know they screwed up. They know they did bad. Um, But you don't have to, you know, crush them. Wow. It's one of the things I think we all know intuitively and we forget in the moment. (laughs) But the biggest thing I'm taking away from that is just so much about leadership is like really just knowing yourself first and just being centered, being at aware of the things that are happening in this own weird gray matter that we got going on <laughs> up here. Cause we're all crazy. Let's be honest, guys. We're all crazy. So yeah, know you're crazy though, but it's a good thing. <laughs> oh Hello. man. Well, Can I, I have give a you reading... peeps a gift. Can I give you peeps a gift? Love yeah, you. I would love to. Yeah. Awesome. So we have a website audit that values about 500 bucks. And I would love your peeps to go and take advantage of that. It scrapes your website. So it does take about five, 10 minutes before you get it back because it's actually your website that it's going through, <laughs> giving you the report back on it. So no, it doesn't happen instantaneously. Um, but you can go to, I'm sure you'll have the links in the uh, description, all that kind of fun stuff. But what the report does is it'll give you all your green lights, your yellow lights, and your red lights according to the Google gods, meaning there's some things that you're doing right and they, you get a green light on it, 
they're letting traffic go through there. Life is good. Yay, celebrate. You'll have some things that are getting yellow lights. Google's are <laughs> the Google's, the Google gods are slowing your traffic down. They're not giving them all access and it can cause issues or you're not getting as high a ranking as you could get. And you may have some red lights, which means that they're stopping traffic altogether. You want to go and fix those right away. Some of them, you may not know what they actually mean, which I totally get, which is why we have a link to, you can book an appointment with me right after mid. It's a nice 30 minute, I'll go through your report, just translate it into English for you, if nothing else. And then you can take it to your team and go, oh, this is what we got to go and fix. And, and if you want to talk strategy, you want to talk mindset, all that kind of fun stuff, happy to do that too. Love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a wonderful gift. And yeah, this is one of those things like I'm going to do it myself and I'm a little scared. <laughs> um, yeah, we all are. Because um, Keep in mind, some of the yellow things you, you'll go, yeah, we chose to do it that way. And that's okay. Because I think it's funny yeah. that Google doesn't let you start the same sentence with the same word. And in marketing, you know, the the option of triplicate is kind of powerful to the reader. So sometimes you want to have things <laughs> in there and like, you know, we, we want you to succeed. We want you to see, be the best in your business. We want you to do this. And Google look at it like you just repeated yourself. And you're like, I know. And it's okay. <laughs> Dan Kennedy Thanks. told me to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Napoleon Hill told me if I think this way, I'll grow rich. No, I'm just exactly. <laughs> I actually, I just picked up a fresh copy of that. My old one got beat up. Nice. So I, was, I was at the Half Price Books, which is a huge chain here in America. And they had this whole like palette of fresh brand new ones. So I'm like, nice. I bought I bought like 10. Nice. Because they were like eight bucks each. So I bought I'm like giving them away to people I know. Like it's a great book. Napoleon Hill, like you can't read anything bad by Napoleon Hill. He's awesome. Right. The other one that's a little easier to read that you might not know of is Think and Grow Rich. Um, that was also another awesome book. I rewrote that one by hand just to ingrain it into my head. It's a fantastic book. Wow. Yeah. Rewrote by, see, that's dedication. I like it. (laughs) It's like, I wasn't leaving anything to chance. I want this in my head. I want it in there now. (laughs) It worked. It worked. That's how I learned Indonesian was by writing it like over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How long were you there? Uh, I, I was there like a year and a half. Wow. Yeah. So, so you needed to ingrain it fast. So that you- <laughs> I actually did most of my learning before I got there, but then like, right. once I got there, I'm like, Oh, this is how they actually talk. Oh crap. <laughs> and I still know all my curse words in English. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so fun. Michelle, I've had an absolute ball. Um, let's do stay in touch. Everyone check the show notes, take your website audit. I'm going to do it myself here. Once I get the bravery to do it, uh, I'm going to fix the things I know are wrong first. And um, yeah, definitely look forward to staying, staying in contact. It's been a whole lot of fun. Love it. Thank you. Thanks. Have a great day, everyone. And we'll see you on the next one. Hey, before you bounce out of here, I have a free strategy session available exclusively for my podcast audience. In this 30-minute phone call, we'll unveil the immediate steps you can take to operationalize your business and put you back in the driver's seat. Just go to www.adamliette.com and click Start Here.